The following program is produced by Rosado Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla, and I'm your host on today's radio show, and I'm pleased to be with you on a very nice day in my favorite state of the country, Nevada. Of course, it's Nevada Real Estate Radio. We are in our 10th year of broadcasting, helping people all across the state and beyond make great decisions when they're looking to make that biggest investment sometimes of their entire life. Yes, real estate, you're talking big money, 200000 300000 400000 or more, and many of our listeners are investors. So we focus on talking with investors about making great decisions in today's challenging market. Lots of opportunity, but how do you navigate? The best way is with experienced people that you can count on, people that you know, like, and trust. I always recommend you talk to experts before you pull the trigger. Today in the studio, I have three guests that I know, like, and trust. With us today is John Graham, and John is a realtor at Keller Williams Group 1. Hi, John. How are you doing? Doing great, Peter. How are you? I'm fantastic. Hope you're doing well this year in your real estate business. Well, it's a great year so far, although uh, an impact on both investors and home buyers. It's uh, a tough market with inventory. Inventory, you know, it's like the only thing I know that you need to shop for, John, a home that has these inventory challenges. If you want to buy a new car, it doesn't matter what kind of car you want, what color car you want, you can find one someplace relatively easy. But a house, that's such a unique product, a unique item, it's unbelievable just how challenging it is. It absolutely is. I was in uh, an Office Depot store the other day, and I know the manager in there, Tim, very well, and I usually give him a real estate update, Yeah. and he says, John, what's going on with the market? He says, you got to be killing it, and I said, well, if if we had stuff to sell, (laughs) Tim, we'd be killing it. I said, it's kind of like taking your Office Depot store, emptying two-thirds of the shelves, (laughs) and then saying, how's business? (laughs) That's the market that we're in. You know, in any other business, somebody would get involved, the government, some local entities would say, hey, wait, there's this is an outrage. How can you have a retail establishment, a sales establishment with nothing on the shelves? But yet, it doesn't seem like there's anything that's motivating the market or even almost forcing the market to change. John, how long is it going to be like this? Well, I say a prayer to spring. Yeah. <laughs> and, tra- and traditionally, spring becomes the busiest selling season that we have in the year. Yeah. And we're cautiously optimistic that we're going to see more people coming to market with homes. Mm, so sellers really have a big advantage now. And they're really in the driver's seat as far as how the market is going to evolve through the rest of the year. I would imagine, though, that some sellers who are thinking, hey, now is a great time to sell. We can get great value for our home. They're going to be in that same position, though, after they sell. They're going to need to buy something, and then here we go again. But I'm sure that the challenges are not prevalent or as prevalent in every every level of the market. So later in the show, I want you to talk to us more about where some of those challenges are and what we can do. Be happy to, Peter. Awesome. Also with us in the studio is Lou Carr. Lou is the branch manager 
of Summit Funding, a great mortgage lending company in Sparks, Nevada. How are you doing today, Lou? I'm doing fantastic, Peter. It's great to be here, and it's uh, it's another great day in northern Nevada. You know, every time I see these beautiful flowers and these uh, plants springing forward, Lou, I think about you on the golf course. Well, that's a, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's a great thought. Thank you. Well, you know, I know how much you love to golf, and I love to golf, I do. too. Yeah. Um, but springtime is really when things pick up, like we were talking with John, on the real estate side. So, you know, being a mortgage lender, you're in the same business. I mean, you're dealing with real estate transactions every day. Are you finding the same kind of challenges as far as the amount of business coming into the mortgage office that the realtors are challenged with? Absolutely. Um, you know, the challenges on the lending side are, are a little bit different um, because when we get a transaction, the real estate agent, John or Helen, has already arranged a contract. So we have a buyer who's looking to purchase a home and they are actually in contract to buy it. Mm-hmm. Some of the challenges that we run across are uh, come along the uh, appraisal side. Mm. So appraisers have issues. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about what you were talking about earlier, Peter. Uh, you know, I can't remember when we last had a normal market, which would be, what, exactly six months inventory and interest rates not fluctuating and, and all that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've been in a market where there was an oversupply and there are challenges there. The appraisal always has a challenge. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, when the values are moving up, um, pretty steadily, steadily on the high side, um, appraisers will sometimes have difficulty finding comparable sales to support a new value, a new higher value on every new property. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, there there are some other just minor things, but the appraisal is probably the biggest item for us that's a challenge right now. Well, which leads me to the thought that I've shared with many of the people I talk to Lou about real estate, and that is that you need to deal with people that really know what they're doing. I mean, sometimes the barrier of entry into the mortgage business or real estate is too low, and there are a lot of people getting into it now that I don't think have the knowledge or the tenacity that you have to have to close a deal and close it the right way. Clients are very demanding. They want the right house or they want to sell the house at the right price, and they need somebody that has connections and knows where those buyers or sellers are waiting for that particular piece of real estate. Then, of course, like you say, the other challenges, the inspections, the appraisals, um, you know, finding out if the home has any additions. I mean, I know there are lots of things that can create a roadblock, but you guys are great over at Summit Funding in in finding ways to solve those problems, Lou. And I want to talk to you more on the show about what you're doing to help more buyers and sellers get together to close deals in Nevada. Absolutely. Yeah, I I would love to do that. Thank you, Peter. Also with us in the studio is Helen Graham, and Helen is also a realtor at Keller Williams Realty Group 1. Helen is a former president of the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. Welcome to the show, Helen. Thanks, Peter. Great to be here again. It's great to have you back, Helen. I uh, know you had a really active term when you were president of the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. First of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? That was, what, two years ago or was it last year? Uh, it was 2013. It seems like it was just yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, uh, yeah. You're still very active with the association. Yes, I know. I, I'm the chair of the uh, legislative committee, which, as you can imagine, is very exciting right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, being as, uh, you know, we're in session and um, there are a lot of issues on the table that will affect 
real estate in, in many ways, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how they go. Yeah. Well, you know, I love talking with you and, and with your husband, John, who's with us today as well, because you both are such pros on the real estate side. And I know you work together, obviously. You're here with us today on the st- uh, in the studio as well. But you also do many things separately. You're, you're active in the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. And John is out there uh, selling properties, helping people buy properties. And it's must, it must be really great to work as a team where you can really have a, a, a good person that you can consult with and have confidence in. Yes, it, it really is. And, you know, John's expertise from the past comes in marketing in the um, uh, Silicon Valley in the computer industry. And mine comes in international sales Uh um, also in the computer industry. So we've got a sales and marketing team that's kind of inbuilt, if you will, and um, it's been terrific. How long have you been doing the real estate work? Boy, I think it's I think it's about twelve years right right yeah. now, yes, and yes. and just a little sarcasm. I tend to say, uh, Helen is my life partner, business partner. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you can make great decisions, John, even when you don't plan on it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bailing me out, Peter. Oh, you got it. You are one lucky cat. Yeah. I'll did you notice you. I just went very quiet there? <laughs> So lots of things going on, Helen, and a lot to talk about today. Uh, why don't you get us caught up on this legislative issue? Because, you know, the I'm hearing about, uh, well, you know, the margins tax failed last year, right? And so suddenly now there's a new proposal to raise taxes again on small business. And, you know, I think about the, the candy store, the clothing store, the tire dealer. Is this going to have an impact, if it passes, on real estate transactions as well? Yes, very much so, because it's a business license tax. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's essentially a gross receipts tax. Mm-hmm. So, what will happen will be the brokerage will pay a rolled up tax. So, let's say a brokerage earns a hundred million dollars, uh-huh. but that's gross to the uh, brokerage, mm-hmm. but they will be taxed on that, or the business license will reflect that. Mm-hmm. And then the individual agent is um, an independent contractor, so they will also be taxed on the same earnings oh again on the, the business license. Oh, double taxation. It's like double taxation. So uh, it impacts everybody when something like this comes mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, our our um, people that work with us, our lobbyists are working, uh, monitoring the bills as they're going through right now and obviously trying to oppose it. But if this fails, there will be another way that they will try and get money through maybe a point of sale tax or something like that. And Helen, um, I, I'd like clarification. You you mentioned, let's say the broker does a hundred million dollars in in volume. That's not net income. You're talking about gross dollars. So then he has to take all of his expenses out of there. So if he's paying taxes on gross revenue, that's a lot different than net revenue. Correct. That's absolutely correct. And so it starts to look like um, the same tax that uh, was on number three that we vote, we all voted against, right. which the was a gross, tax. the margins yeah. tax or a gross receipts tax. I think it's just um, it's a wolf in different clothing. Here we go again, uh, just looking at it in a different manner. It sure seems like that, Helen. I don't don't understand. I'm not in politics, and and, and I'm glad I'm not, but. If I was in politics, maybe I would know the answer. Why would they want to tax gross sales instead of net sales? Because gross sales are, are really – they're fictitious. They're not really 
it's not that's not your sale. You got to pay all the expenses, and you got to pay for your materials, and you have to pay for your inventory, and you have to pay for your taxes, right? And then now they want to tax what you're already being taxed on anyway. Does this make sense? Absolutely. And once again, you know, it's going to put some of the small business people out of business. Yeah. You know, because it is a gross, it's a gross tax. And it's absolutely correct what you said, Peter. You know, many times, let's say, you know, the gross was 100 million and they may only have a net of 2 million. Yeah. You know, by the time they've paid everything. Right, right. So dealing in in certain industries is really going to be, uh, a death blow, really, to those business owners and managers if they're trying to run a business ef- efficiently and 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 take care of their employees. I mean, we're all for advancing education because that's what the cloak of this whole deal is, is it's so that we can better educate the young people in our schools. But there's got to be a better way. I, I think we need some smarter brains working on that, Helen and John and Lou. Maybe we should uh, formulate our own plan sometime and see what we can come up with. You give us the guidance, and we'll see if we can tag along (laughs) with you. How's that? I think we have people like (laughs) Helen in there uh, fighting it out for us, too, so I'm glad about that. Absolutely. We're going to talk more about this proposed tax. Helen, I know you've got some great statistics and updates from what's happening in the real estate market in northern Nevada, in the Reno-Sparks area, as well as all across the state. And, John, I want to talk to you a little bit about What's going on and what, what are good marketing ways that people are, are, are utilizing now so that they can sell or buy properties? I know you have a lot of good information for us, too. So please hang on. We will be back after this message from our sponsors. This is Candace Meyer from Starker Services. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he gave me a loan to buy my primary residence. Peter Padilla is the best there is in Nevada radio. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. The best thing you can do for your business, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. You're tuned in to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for joining us today. In northern Nevada, we are on KFOI 1060 AM. And we're pleased to be talking with more and more listeners Every day, as more and more people are thinking about the great decision it could be to buy real estate. A lot of people are looking at investing their money now that they're back to work and finding ways to improve their life. But there's not much to be said for when it comes to the kind of interest you can get from a savings account or a CD. And the stock market, although it's got some great moments, it also has some terrible moments. And who wants to take that kind of risk? A lot of people are thinking that real estate might be the best way to invest their hard-earned money because real estate, it's always there. That's the nice thing about it. Everybody needs a place to live, and if you're buying investment property, more and more people, it seems like, are looking to buy 
rental properties because renters are in the growth. They are the new millennials, and millennials, people between 20 and 30 years old, more or less, well, they like the mobile lifestyle. They like to be able to pick up and leave and move on to new jobs, or maybe they just don't want the hassles of managing their own property. And, you know, some of their more recent memories, the mortgage meltdown. They probably saw their parents go through those struggles five, six, eight, nine years ago. And do they really want to go through that again? Well, maybe not right now they don't. Maybe down the road they'll be looking to buy homes. But for now, there are lots of renters looking for good property to rent. So if you're thinking about or you are a real estate investor, this might be a good time to up the ante and pick up another great piece of investment property. With us in the studio today, I have three people that can help us in deciding if it's the right time to do that. Helen Graham is with us. She's a realtor at Keller Williams Realty Group 1. Also, Lou Carr. Lou is the branch manager of Summit Funding, a great mortgage company serving all of Nevada and beyond. And also with us, John Graham. John is a realtor at Keller Williams Group 1 as well. John, hope you're doing well today. Absolutely, Peter. And I'd like to make a comment on millennials. There's some things that uh, definitely have an impact on them that are contributing to this rental situation. Tell us. And the, uh, one of the impacts is student loan debt. Mm. A lot of mm-hmm. these people have come out of college with a <clears throat> massive amount of debt, and that makes it very challenging. I'm sure Lou can say something about that as well to uh, get that done. Uh, some of the other things that impact their uh, thoughts about buying are not real, And that's what do they really need to be able to buy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them have the uh, the, this isn't your parents' Oldsmobile mentality of, well, i got to come in with 20% down and I've got to do all of these other things. There's a plethora of programs available Mm -hmm. that can get them in for as little as zero down, depending upon everything else. And I'm sure Lou can, can address some of those things, too. Lou, you do have some great programs that are available for first-time home buyers. What is the minimum, really, that the average person needs to come in nowadays to purchase a home if they're looking at their first primary residence? Actually, uh, John hit the nail on the head. It's it is zero. Really? Yeah. Um, and we've we've expanded the possibilities in that department just recently. So, so pretty much over the last couple of years, an FHA loan would be the lowest down payment requirement of 3.5%. And then we have some down payment programs for first-time home buyers. And depending on your income and your credit, there are qualifications for it. Um, but you could do an FHA loan with a uh, maybe a grant program to assist you with the down payment, which would give you 4% of your purchase price, covers the 3.5% plus. Uh, we've been able to do that over the last few years. And then just recently, we've added a program. We've added a conventional loan that only requires a 3% down payment, which we can use the Nevada Housing Division Home is Possible Down Payment Program, which is also a grant, mm-hmm. 4%. So you could use those two in conjunction with with each other and, and have a 0 down payment. You could even use that with that two-unit property. Remember we talked about a two- to four-unit property. Like a duplex, a threeplex, a fourplex. Yeah, and this is kind of a, a, you know, a, a great idea for a millennial. What if you bought a two-unit or a four-unit property with an FHA loan 
with 3.5% down. They just recently lowered the PMI payments, so that's more reasonable now. Mm -hmm. You purchase that four-unit property. You live in one. We call that a primary residence. And a year from now or two years from now or three years from now, you get – you take a job, you know, in southern Nevada or California and you move and you rent out those four units, you you in all likelihood have a positive cash flow out of that. You have an awesome interest rate on there mm-hmm. because interest <laughs> rates are still very good. Um, you know, so I, I think that's just a, a wonderful way to purchase a piece of property and and then, you know, if you're young, you're 30 years old, by the time you're 60 – the loan's paid off, and you have rental income. That's part of your retirement program. Best retirement program I can think of, quite frankly, Lou. Me too. <laughs> and, you know, what? what's neat about that program is if you do, as a young person, buy a, let's say, a duplex, a duplex, a triplex, or a fourplex, like you say, you move into one, but you can immediately rent out the other units. So Correct. you're essentially an investor from the from day one. You have your primary residence, and now you have these other investment properties right around you, conveniently located, so you can keep an eye on them. Absolutely. And you could even have some friends live there. Have some friends, people that you know, like, and trust, yes. As long as they make the payments, <laughs> right? You know it. You know it. That's a great idea. Uh, John, uh, tell us a little bit about what people are doing to bring the attention to buyers and sellers that now is a good time to take action, albeit there's a housing shortage. But the housing shortage is really there because there's not enough homes for sale. I hear more people talking about encouraging people to sell their homes and move up. Is that something that you work on? Is that an item that's prevalent in the marketing community as far as real estate goes? It's becoming more and more prevalent, Peter. Uh, after uh, After the bus, the bubble break, uh, move-up buyers disappeared. Uh, for a long time, there was a trend of buy a $200,000 house, live in it for three or four years, sell it for $275,000, buy a $350,000 mm-hmm. house, and repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah. So people were able to move into some very significant holdings, uh, uh, real estate-wise, uh, using that. That ended uh, with with the bubble due to most people not being able to sell being uh, you know being underwater mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. at one point in time uh, my tongue in cheek humor once again I used to talk about short sales and I'd say well everybody's short the only question is who's writing the check yeah. <laughs> the homeowner or the lender right. and somebody somebody's eating that eating that money fortunately that's down to less than eleven percent of our market currently where it was up in the seventy five eighty percent during during the uh, the uh, challenging times. But right now, uh, all people who are looking on the market and, and the National Association of Realtors quotes 92% of people begin their search for property online. Mm-hmm. So it's imperative if you're a seller or a buyer that you're taking advantage of what's available online. Mm-hmm. Probably 70% of the activity that used to take place between a mortgage lender and a client or a realtor and a client took place face-to-face. Right. Now that's all done before we even get a chance to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a quick example, if you think about buying a car as an experience, uh, in the past I would have gone into a dealership, talked to the salesperson. They would have gone back to talk to the manager to see if they could get me that price. Right. They would have come back and said, well, I can't get that price, but I can throw in this and I can do that 
well, let me go back. I think I can get that done for you. And this give and take went on you know, for quite some time. And you never really knew what was going on with the transaction. Well, today, that's, that's not the case. Most of that information is pretty transparent online. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the challenge in marketing is making sure that buyers see you online and making sure that sellers mm-hmm. are, have their properties featured to their, to their, best, uh, you know, to their best perspective online as mm-hmm. well. John, your partner's with us here as well, Helen Graham. <coughs> Helen has a lot of experience in statistics and information from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors, where she was the president just a little over a year ago. Helen, John had mentioned that you know people used to buy a home, and then a few years later they'd sell it, move up to a bigger home. Is that still happening, or are people starting to downsize? I hear that sometimes too more than I used to, that you know people are, you know, the kids, empty nesters now, and they want to move into smaller homes. I wonder if that's maybe putting some pressure on lower-priced homes, say in the 250 or less range. Yeah, I would think that that's definitely happening, Peter. Uh, we, we see it a lot. And uh, the thing is right now, the February median price was up 5.2%. To two hundred and sixty-five thousand, mm. compared to two hundred and fifty-two in January two uh, two thousand and fifteen, and up thirteen point five compared to two hundred and thirty-three five in February um, two thousand and fourteen. So that with that median price jump, you know we're we're seeing some stress on the lower end of the market. Yeah, and. Um, the properties listed at under 250,000 made up 36% of new listings entering the market during the month of February in 2015. So, you know, there's there's a huge amount of pressure on that kind of a price bracket. Mm-hmm. So for anyone trying to move to to downsize, you've got the first time home buyer coming from one end trying to buy that property and yeah. you've got the downsizing client coming from the other side trying to buy that property. Oh, wow. Huge stress on that price bracket. I remember when the market was really taken off and booming back in the early 2000s, 2002, 3, 4, and it was moving up, the you know, the home medium home price was moving up really fast. It's almost reminiscent of that now when you see the kinds of moves that we're making. I'll, I know we're not back to the, the peak of the market, but, you know, at this rate, it's not going to take that long to get there. Right now, we're 27.4% off the peak. Mm-hmm. So that's not that far off, yeah. You know, c- c- compared to where we've been, right? So we've come yeah. back a half, if not more, yeah. from the bottom, which I think was in early 2012, I believe. Right. When we were, the median price was around 150 or 160 thousand. Right. It's just amazing. I mean, the people that pulled the trigger then are like geniuses. Yes, yes, <laughs> they're very happy with those those decisions <laughs> and right. that they made during that space in time. A lot of people tell and talk about the MLS. And they go online, like John said, to look around and see what's available. Uh, from everything I know, I mean, that's that's a good starting place. But you've really got to know people that are thinking about selling or, or looking to sell or looking for a particular type of, of home. Uh, the interaction from one realtor to another, that's got to be a really important part of the process today. That's a huge part of it. And, you know, we we all do it within our brokerages. We talk to each other and say, I have a listing coming onto the market on Friday, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, at 10 a.m., let's say. And so anybody that has that previous knowledge and a client standing behind that, 
is obviously there first. Right. You know, so working with a realtor right now is so key because also many of us have what we dub pocket listings Mm -hmm. where we know the property is coming on, maybe not just quite yet, but maybe in a month's time. We have that knowledge that they will not find in Zillow or Trulia or any of the online uh, um, portals. Right, right. Those are good places to do a little browsing and looking, but I typically find that much of the information, especially on real estate, is outdated in a matter of minutes. When you look on the Internet, you've really got to have a great contact to help you pull the trigger, to help you know when it's right. Helen, we have to take a break, but before we do that, I want to make sure people know how to reach out to you if they want to ask any questions about your real estate expertise and see if you can help them. What's the best way to reach you? Okay, so my uh, direct number is 775-530-8397, and my email address is arenorealtor at gmail.com, and my website is northernnevadaliving.com. All right. I'll put all that information on our website, Nevada Real Estate Radio. That way, if anybody's driving around today and they want to make an offer or talk to you about this property they're looking at, they can reach out to you quite easily, Helen. I'll be there. All right. And we are going to continue our conversation with our other guests in the studio, Lou Carr from Summit Funding and John Graham from Keller Williams Realty Group One after this message. This is Sherry Hill from Sage International. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is awesome. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. Your Nevada real estate questions with answers from Peter Padilla. Welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Glad you're with us today on our radio show. We are in our 10th year of broadcasting across the state of Nevada, and we'd love to talk to you if you have any questions for us. You can call me anytime after the show, 775-223-3428. If you missed any part of today's program, visit NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. I'm pleased to be in the studio today with three outstanding guests. They really know their business, the real estate business. Helen Graham is with us. She's a realtor at Keller Williams Realty Group 1. Also, John Graham. John is also a realtor at Keller Williams Realty Group 1. And Lou Carr is with us too. Lou is the branch manager of Summit Funding in Northern Nevada. Lou, your business at the mortgage lending office has got to be doing well because I know you've got some great programs and interest rates, well, they've been fantastic since I can remember. I've been saying for a while here, money is on sale uh, in the mortgage business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've mentioned to you before, Peter, that uh, there have been a lot of pundits over the last four years or so touting the fact that interest rates are going to go up, they're going to explode to the high side. And 
uh, yet year after year, um, we're we're still we're still in this great range. Business is good, and and interest rates are are very good. A lot of the people that are listening to our show, they are investors, or they want to be investors. How far off are they when they come to looking at the rates for investment property versus buying a primary residence? I would say typically about three eighths to a half percent. Well, that's higher. All, that's hardly a difference. No, and especially if you look around at, at you know what you mentioned, you know investments like CDs and money market and a lot of these other vehicles. Mm-hmm. You know your your return on investment is not going to be huge on those right now. Mm-hmm. And and long term, I mean, uh, owning an investment property. You know, I'm not a CPA, but I can tell you there are a lot of tax advantages to owning investment property. There's rental income that offsets the cost of of paying a mortgage, and and as we mentioned before, that that rental income down the road after you've paid that loan off is mm-hmm. uh, an excellent strategy from my perspective. We always recommend that our listeners talk to their CPA, their accountant, their attorney if they have one before they pull the trigger on a big transaction like a real estate transaction. But you're right, Lou. Everything I hear from my CPA tells me the same thing. It's a great way to shelter money and a great way to grow your retirement if you have investment property. If anybody wants to reach out to you, get more information on a mortgage for primary residence or investment property, what's the best way? Hi, this is Lou Carr, branch manager at Summit Funding Incorporated in Sparks, Nevada. My office phone number is 775-626-0775. My cell number is 775 771 4505. Our address is 5931 South Los Altos Parkway, Suite 105 in beautiful Sparks, Nevada, 89436. Our branch NMLS number is 1042857. Summit Funding's NMLS number is 3199. And my NMLS number is 258750. My email address is lcarr at summitfundin.g dot net. That's lcar at summitfunding.net. I do loans in California and Nevada, and we are an equal housing lender. This is Lou Carr at Summit Funding, Inc., Call or text 775-771-4505. Thank you very much. Thanks, Lou. We'll get your information on our website, too. I appreciate that, Peter. Thank you. Helen Graham is with us as well. And, Helen, you are the research expert that I think about whenever I need information because you were right there. You were running that association, the Reno Sparks Association, and I know that you are still quite active. Tell us again, you're on the legislative committee. Is that what you talked about? That's right, Peter, but I think that's a leap of faith that I'm running it. You think so? There is a fantastic CEO there called Sherry Williams who uh, really runs the show. Uh Um, I'm a very minor part of it. Um, I'm also an instructor now for uh, the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors, and um, I taught a class on ethics Mm -hmm. uh, just a week ago Mm -hmm. with 80 Eight zero new realtors in it. Wow. There were so many people in it, I could barely see them at the far end of the room. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they were being sworn in right after that class. <laughs> it's a requirement of, of that. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, a lot of activity. And again, with being in the legislative year, 
um, our uh, lobbyists, uh, Carrera Nevada, are keeping us posted every day, more than once a day, on bills that they're monitoring and opposing um, or promoting, Mm -hmm. um, depending on what they are. You know, when people are talking about this legislative action to essentially raise uh, the cost of business licenses and ultimately raise taxes, is what it's really about, on small businesses, including realtors. When I talk to other business people, they talk about how ultimately if this new legislation passes, that the consumer is going to pay for it because they'll be forced to raise prices or cut services for the same amount of money. If that was to happen, if this legislation passes and it impacts the real estate community as well, do you think that might cause prices to go up of homes? And what do you think it's going to do? I don't necessarily think it would cause prices of homes to go up. Um, it's it was certainly put a lot of pressure on, as you pointed out, that all everybody, all the way down to the consumer. I think we might see a, a few less realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of uh, individual realtors are thinking it will not impact them. It will more impact the broker. But overall, all of those costs are going to get rolled down. Yeah, because the brokers have a arrangement with realtors about costs that they have to be in that building to use their services. And I, if I was a broker, I would probably pass on some of those costs to my realtors. And then there you go. Absolutely. And then the realtor is going to be paying the, the, the business license increase costs individually right. because they're a 1099 employee, yeah. uh, so to speak, or independent contractor. Yeah. So it's a double whamming all the way down. And I would bet it would impact a lot of the realtors. In fact, a bulk of realtors in business, Helen, because I heard someplace recently that 90% of the transactions in real estate are done by about 10% of the realtors. Is that true? The top realtors are the ones that really are closing deals. And the bottom 90% are struggling. Absolutely. You know, it's like in anything, it's the old 80-20 rule, except I think 90-10 is probably closer. Mm-hmm. Um, very much so. And uh, so it, it will probably push quite a few people out of business, I would think, if that actually happens. Well, let's hope it doesn't. Let's hope that our, uh, our elected officials will review this carefully and realize that there might well be better options to help educate our children because that's really what the whole idea is about, Helen. So I appreciate your feedback and your comments on that today. You have a lot of data with you as well, um, and I know you want to share some of that with our audience. So tell us what what do you feel are some of the important things that our listeners should be aware of right now when it comes to the statistics? Well, I think that we've been kind of talking a little bit about it as we've been going along here. And, you know, the low inventory has come up from all of us Mm -hmm. here in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And Understanding that we're sitting at what about three point one months worth of inventory. And what, that is means norm, what is normal, Helen? No, a normal balanced market, according to the National Association of Realtors, is between five and seven months. So take what one would say that's six months. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, this is in price bands too. So when you look at price bands, that three point one is primarily applied to some of the homes that are in the $250,000 bracket. Mm -hmm. As you start to come up in the price bands, for instance, it it comes into a more balanced market when you're looking at properties that are uh, between five and Um, $750,000, which kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then it's clearly in a buyer's market um, when we're over Mm $750,000. 
everything on the lower end and the price bands in a seller's market um, again are affected you know down below 250,000 I'm starting to see that creeping up yeah, you know sure. where we've got low inventory even up to about 350 or 400,000 yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would think that if somebody is really wanting to buy a home right now let's say in the 250 or 300 range $300,000 range and they can't find a home to make an offer on if they had the capacity to go up to 400 or 450 although they may not want to spend that much money they might have to do that in order to get a home and stop paying rent if that's what they're doing are you finding that some people are doing that they're stretching they're pushing the envelope as far as what they can afford just so that they can find a home to buy I'm really hoping that's not the case because I don't want to, uh, you know, and uh, I see Lou nodding here, you know, people to be house poor. And then we get back into the situation that we were in before in Mm -hmm. the short sales Mm -hmm. and people losing homes, etc. So I really don't like to see that. What I would have to say here is that they're having to go to areas that they perhaps wouldn't have been their first choice. You Uh know, they're having to go further out into our North Valleys or East Sparks or Mm -hmm. areas like that where... There perhaps are lower-priced homes, um, mm-hmm. but it, in terms of living in central Reno or the southwest, that's going to be an impossibility for them at this time. I mean, I would just think people are starting or would look for really creative ways to purchase a home now that it is so challenging, thinking outside the box. So, like you say, maybe moving out a little further away from the central area of, of northern Nevada's capital of Reno. Fernley is is an area where I'm hearing more people looking at again it's not really that far. It's more of a commute when you compare it to what's going on in the big cities. Are you finding people looking there more than before, Helen? Well, there's been some um, interesting thoughts and activity towards Fernley based on Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, Tesla Motors moving to our Tahoe Reno Industrial Center, which um, Fernley is pretty close to, actually. Right. Um, it's also almost equidistant between part of Sparks and Fernley. But there's been some investors looking at Fernley, too, saying, will these people that work for Tesla and other companies that surround Tesla um, be looking for homes in that area? Yeah. So it's we're not sure yet. We haven't seen absolute um, activity mm-hmm. because the Tesla factory is not due to be up and running until 2017. Yeah. And and then the question is affordability. We're all worried about affordability. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not seeing our, our average salary, our, our median is uh, 49500 And that's unfortunately not going to put people in a range that they can buy anything much more than 200000 Yeah. Yep. And so back to that. You know that uh, that thing. Mm-hmm. So with weak inventory and low affordability and tight credit, um, that's hindering the recovery somewhat. Mm-hmm. And so firmly might be an interesting place for folks to look. Yeah. So we we talk about investors on our show a lot too, Helen. Are you communicating with many investors, or has the window of opportunity, let's say, kind of gone by us as far as investor opportunities in Northern Nevada? I would say it's long gone. Um, the, the, the main investors that we had are the big industrial investors, institutional investors are now looking in Florida, Tennessee, or states where they can get deals like they used to be able to get, you know, three years ago at least here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have those opportunities based on what we're talking about right now, you know, the average price of our homes mm-hmm. and, and that type of thing. 
I think we're still seeing some smaller private investors,、mm-hmm. you know, for the reasons we were talking about earlier that Lou talked about, that it would be a great opportunity if you could get in right now. But we're not seeing the volume of investors that we used to see. Please hang on. We'll be back after this message. This is David Washburn from Socotra Capital. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he talks about the real issues in real estate. Peter Padilla is insightful. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30 minute consultation. Call 1 800 You have got to live someplace, so why not live in your own home and use that as a way to shelter some of that income that you're working so hard for every single day? Think about that. Buy your own real estate, and you're on your way to being a real estate investor. Even if you never move out of that property that you're going to live in, you know that at some point you're going to pay that property off, and it's going to have value. Equity is going to grow. Every single time you make that mortgage payment, there's no guarantees, but I don't know of any property that people have bought that is now worth zero. It's always got value. If you want to talk to me more about your idea about purchasing real estate, call me after the show, 775 223 With me in the studio, three outstanding guests talking about my favorite subjects. Real estate and real estate for investors. Lou Carr is with us. Lou is the branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. Hope you're doing well today, Lou. I'm doing fantastic, Peter. Just commenting about、uh, how I learn more and more every time I'm on your show. So thank you for that. I'm glad you're here. Also with us, Helen Graham. Helen is a realtor at Keller Williams Realty Group One, and she's a former president of the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. It's been a while, Helen, but I'm really glad you're here today. Thanks for having me back, Peter. And I'm also learning. I'm learning from Lou on the mortgage side of it, and、uh, we all learn together. It's a good thing. Also with us is John Graham. And John is a realtor at Keller Williams Realty Group One, along with Helen. You guys work as a team. And John, you do a lot of great things on the marketing side. You also talk to investors. Yeah, just a couple of quick thoughts, Peter. And we talked about it as we talked about on the break.、Uh, If you're an investor in the northern Nevada area specifically, 
uh, you really need to be taking a longer-term view of that investment. <coughs> the days of being able to pick up a property for $200,000 and turn around two years later and sell it for $300,000, uh, that train left town and none of us were on it. <laughs> so so that that's not the case. So you really need to be thinking longer-term. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can't see yourself with that property probably in excess of seven years, it may not be the most prudent thing if you're a, a non-occupant uh, type of type of investor. I have a, a friend in the investment business, and his advice to me was always, John, we buy quality, and we hope that you live long enough to recognize it. <laughs> 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 and awesome. and, and I, think that's, I think that could also, you know, can also apply in the, uh, in, the, in the real estate area as well. Helen and I were talking about what parts of northern Nevada are the best. I mean, most people think that real estate is real estate regardless of where you are in the state. But it can vary dramatically, even in a smaller area like when you're talking just northern Nevada. So, Helen, talk to us about some of the differences from central Reno, for instance, to Sparks or to Spanish Springs. How dramatic can those differences be? Well, for instance, Peter, um, the metro southwest area is now in a balanced market. You know, where we talked about a balanced market being about six months of inventory. Right. So a buyer would stand a better chance of, of getting um, a nice transaction in, in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, area groups in a buyer's market are the suburban southwest, Virginia City Highlands, Washoe Valley, and West Suburban. Mm-hmm. So that's where a buyer might stand a chance. Um, area groups in a seller's market, the New Southeast... North Valleys, Northwest, Old Southeast, Spanish Springs, and Sparks. Um, the suburban Southwest had the highest level of active inventory, with 145 active listings, and Spanish Springs had the highest level of pending sales, with 199 pendings, and they also had the highest level of closed sales, mm. with 86 closed sales. So the bottom line there is the index shows that at today's median price, the most affordable areas are the North Valleys, the Old Southeast, and Sparks. That's awesome. So just knowing those areas and where the best deals can be had is is imperative. Is that for the month of February? Where do those stats from volume numbers? Is that for a month? Uh, in March so far, that was the month of February report. Gotcha. That okay. was the end. Of, that you. was the end of the month of February report. But it has tended to look quite like that for quite some time. Gotcha. You know, in terms of areas. So again, all the more important that if you need to make a transaction, be either buying or selling, you need to know what are, what's happening in your area, on your street, in your neighborhood, and the best way to find that information is by talking to somebody that has all this data. That's why I love chatting with you, Helen. You really know your business. I bet you must really enjoy being a realtor and noodling through these numbers so that you can help your clients. Well, it's important. I mean, it's it's not important to the client that you are you got a gold star from your brokerage for being the number one uh, realtor of the year or whatever uh-huh. it was. Um, it's more important that do you have the knowledge and ability to help the client accomplish what they're trying to accomplish, whether they be buying a property, whether they be an investor, or whether they be selling, because this is their biggest asset. Yeah. And that's an important thing. Oh, absolutely. It's huge. I do know, too, Helen, that when you're the number one salesperson or a top salesperson at a real estate office, it's not so much because you can hit the streets more or talk to more people or sell more things. It's because you've got great knowledge. 
you've got great background because that's what clients are really paying for when they use the services of a realtor it's for that knowledge so that they can either get the best price selling or the best price buying i'm really glad that you are available for us and for our listeners and that you work with such a great person john graham as well uh, your husband is just super i enjoy talking with john and john you are a marketing expert that's your focus on the team yeah absolutely i i uh, live uh, eat breathe and sleep marketing it's a, it's a passion for me uh, and I just wanted to make one other comment too, Peter, before I talk about a few of those things. And the comment is, it's an off-used expression, but real estate is a local market. Mm. So if mm-hmm. you're if you're an investor and you're looking at uh, buying property in Las Vegas, don't talk to me. <laughs> talk, find, find somebody in Las Vegas. If you're coming to the northern Nevada area, we'd be more than happy to help you. But kind of to transition back to the marketing question, mm-hmm. uh, you know it. It's all about online presence today, and you really need to understand, especially if you're an agent, what your online presence is and ways to find that out. Google yourself. Mm-hmm. See, see what comes up mm-hmm. because I guarantee you your, your potential clients are Googling you. Yeah. you know, I tend to I, – I kid Helen. I said, well, I, some of our clients I stalk. You know, I'm going to look at Google. I'm going to look at LinkedIn. I'm going. I'm going to look at Facebook. I'm going to look at a bunch of other places. Well, guess what? They're doing it to me too. <laughs> so you really need to. You really need, from a real estate agent perspective, to be to know what those people are seeing because if it's if it's not top notch. Uh, they're going to blow right past you. You're never even going to get to a conversation stage. Well, part of the great education that you offer as a realtor to your clients is the marketing side as well because if you're active in marketing the way you and Helen are, John, you know where the deals are. You know what the trends are. You know what kind of buyers and sellers are out there. I mean, you many times are the first ones to get the information that clients want. But the clients are busy. They're working. They're taking care of their children. They're trying to earn some income and, and, and pay bills. And, you know, they're not in that business. So I know they can't just get on the Internet and, and find out what they're looking for. They've got to deal with somebody that is on there every day doing the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. And in support of that, we talked earlier about 70% of what people look for in real estate, they're getting online. Yeah. Those people who are doing that, 96% of them use a realtor yeah after that well, absolutely so yeah. so it's kind of like they can do the base groundwork and spade work and that's okay now they've got some ideas as to where they want to go and what they want to do now they need the local the local knowledge and that's what that's what realtors provide is every lo- yeah and every now and then i hear uh, a client saying well they're going to buy or sell a home but they're going to do it on their own and and, and i chuckle too Val, just like you i tell them would you go to court if you're being sued without an attorney, because that's essentially what you're trying to do is trying to deal with this huge, huge transaction that could literally change your life on your own, and you're not an expert in this area. You own a donut shop, and you want to go out and pull this trigger on this half-a-million-dollar deal? I do not recommend it. In most cases, John, they do take my advice, and they ultimately are dealing with a professional. But it's so important, I think, for people to understand how critical it is that they use somebody that is a pro. And you and your lovely wife, Helen, you guys are pros at Keller Williams Realty Group 1. In case anybody wants to call you, chat with you more about the work you do as a realtor, what's the best way to reach you? Love to hear from you. Uh, 775-530-1728. Email tahojg 
at netzero.com and website that I share with my lovely wife, northernnevadaliving.com. All right. We're going to put that on our website, too, so that people can find it easily on Nevada Real Estate Radio, John. And, you know, I had a lot more things I wanted to chat with you, but our program is short. I'm hoping you'll think about coming back and visiting with us again. Would love to do it, Peter. Thank you. And Helen, it was great to have you here also. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here again, and uh, hopefully you'll invite us back. I'm looking forward to it. I know you're going to be back here too as well. Lou Carr from Summit Funding, hope you had a good time today. Any final thoughts for our listeners, Lou? Yeah, I I had a great time, Peter. And um, as we've talked about many times on the show, if you're you're going to get involved in something uh, along the lines of a real estate transaction, I think... Uh, Helen and John are a very reliable source for that. We've always talked about trusting the people you work with. And in this business, it is paramount to uh, making sure that you're prepared to handle the issues that when they come up and, and get closed in a timely and less stressful fashion. And uh, uh, so thanks again, Peter, uh, to you for having great guests on your show. No, oh, it's my pleasure, Lou, and I'm glad that you were here with us as well. And I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in, too. We're on every week, same time, same station. So be sure to tell your friends, family, and loved ones so they can join us, too. We'll talk to you again next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.